Why is Johnny Varel making equipment changes, and should you consider making some of the same equipment changes for your farming operation moving into the new year? Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ass Cutting the Curve. We're talking about equipment. You know, farm people love equipment. Go to the Louisville Machinery Show, and by golly, they're walking around kicking the tires of some of that million-dollar machinery. And you know what? I like it, too. But there's probably machinery changes you can make that don't cost a million dollars. But there's machinery changes you should make because it can make you more money. That's kind of the subject here with Johnny Varell, Varell Farms, Jackson, Tennessee. He's done some things and he's going to continue to do some things because to fit his farming operation, bigger yields, more efficiency, those kinds of things. You said you wanted to cover this topic. You've got a whole laundry list of changes you either did make or are going to make. So let's start with row spacing. I think that's where you want to go or planter, right? We start with planter. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I don't know, four or five years ago, we made a transition and we actually went to 15 inch corn, 15 inch beans. And we realized that was real hard to manage, real hard to, it was a, it was a more of a challenge to harvest also. So we decided to transition into 20s because where I'm at in West Tennessee, a lot of people raise 20 inch corn, 20 inch beans, 40 inch cotton with the same planter. So we kind of transitioned that way and we raised a little bit of cotton the last few years we're able to utilize the planter for that. And then, you know, it just seems like over time, you're always thinking, you know, what can I do to be more efficient throughout the year? And this past year, we bought a assignment innovation lift for a sprayer and we were trying to spray it on 20 inch corn. And so to do that, um, you know, the tires are about 17 inches wide. The corn row is about 20 inches wide. We were having to run at angles. And, you know, you just, you, you always run it over plants that you already, raised its full potential sometimes at tassel, why do you want to knock it out? So we were talking last year, we were 30s for years. We were like, we're going to go back to 30s. And I mean, for us, it's, it's a big reason is just being able to do more in-season applications, more in-season timings when we want them. That's why we're making the change back. So I know that sounds like a lot, but we had nothing really against the 20s as far as yield. It's just more about in-season applications and being able to get across the crop when I want to. So 20-inch rows are more of a thing in your part of the world. My part of the world, it's 30-inch corn and 15-inch beans. So I was kind of, I guess this is kind of a newer thing since uh, working with Extreme Ag and guys like you. So the 20-inch going to 30, but that doesn't set, doesn't mesh up with your cotton at 40. Does this mean you're going to have to get an uh, additional machine? Or are you going to just... No, I mean, if we were to go back to cotton... Uh, we could plant 30 inch cotton if we want to. We still have one uh, 20 inch planter that we kept to plant wheat beans, double crop beans, because usually you need to have narrow row beans planted in June. You just get a better yield. The 30 inch beans in our area are, you know, seem to yield real good as long as they're planted April, May, but later season. So we're still going to have that planter, but our core crop is going back to 30s. And it's, it's all about being able to get across that crop. 
Okay, so let's go by crop and let's talk about the reason why. Because you know somebody somebody that's a smaller scale, you've got quite a few acres you cover that only has one planter. You you have retained two or three. We actually have three. We got two new thirty inch planters here, and then we've got we still kept one twenty inch planter also. So but okay. we go several acres, so it still works. Yeah, so just so that we know then, so for corn, you're going to go to 30 inches, and that's mostly about late season spraying because you were knocking, you had too much uh, iron blight, as Kelly Garrett calls it, too much iron blight with your 20-inch rows, later season sprayer application, yes? That's right, that's right. What about yield? Are you sacrificing yield going from 20-inch corn to 30-inch corn, do you think? No, I, I think five, 10 years ago, it seemed like we were getting higher yields off a of narrow row. The, the hybrids were responding to that better. It seems like now what we're seeing, especially in our trials that we're doing on the farm is the wider row spacing seems to be getting a better response. You know, we did a, at our uh, field trial location this year, we had a field day, we did a skip row plot. We had like 15 plus bushel yield response off skip row. And that wasn't something that we came up with. We actually went to another field day and saw that. So it just seems like the corn might be need more airflow, might be able to intercept more life this way, but it might be an airflow thing in the south is what it could be. Yeah, and, and that maybe wouldn't matter in a northern climate because of the cooler temperatures. But the, the population from tw 30 to 20, you roughly maintain the, retain the same population because they're just, their spacing is a little bit more, they're tighter on rows, but they're further between plants, yes? That's right. And, you know, the idea behind it was is utilizing more of the soil on 20s because, you know, a corn root zone is not that big. When we go to 30s, you're, you're utilizing less of the soil, but it just seems like the corn needs the airflow. The corn needs, you know, some of those things that we have going on there. You know, we've done videos about how we, at an R3 to R5 application, you know, that's when we put out our nitrogen with our sprayer with stream bars. Well, that's another application where I'm having to run at an angle of how it was planted. You get to run in angles in our area in West Tennessee where our fields are not square by any means, whether we plant the angle or spray the angle, you run over a lot more corn. It takes a lot longer to harvest. So it's just really about trying to be more efficient in the field is what we're going for. Okay. Then you said soybeans, you're going to plant them on 30s. Uh, that was, you know, in my part of the world, they go 30 corn, 15 beans, you're going to go 30 and 30. But then when you do your June and July seeding after the wheat comes off, you're going to go to twenties. I assume that's because it creates more canopy and protects some moisture from that hot Tennessee summer. That's right. This year we actually did some trials where we planted some 15 inch wheat beans and some 30 inch wheat beans. We did not see a yield loss by being on 30s as wheat beans. So even planted late, we did not see it. But I'm going to do that for a few years before I go 100% 30 inch. So we will actually have some 30 inch wheat beans. You saw it last year when you were down here, we do plant double crop corn. So, you know, I, I might have close to 3,000 acres of wheat this year, you know, seven, 800 of it's probably going to be double crop corn. So I'll utilize that 30 inch planter behind the wheat there also. And incidentally, two things. If you ever listen to Chad, Matt, and Johnny, what they call wheat beans, in case you're wondering if this is some new commodity that might be traded on the Chicago Board of Trade, that means double crop following wheat. Wheat corn and wheat beans means corn coming in being planted. And generally your wheat comes off mid-June. Yeah, usually by the 10th of June we're done, you know, mm -hmm. 10 to 15. So yeah, mid-June we're finished. And, you and know, and people it. are always amazed like how we can, you know, the soybeans is one thing, but the corn... We could plant 115-day corn, 
and it's still mature in October. You know, we're still able to get it to black layer and harvest it sometime in October. But, you know, when you came down about the 1st of July last year, that corn was V6, and I think it was planted on like June 10th. So yeah. in a 20-day period, it's unreal the growth stages you can get with the heat we have. Yeah, you got the, as long as you get a little bit of moisture. And the one thing that I was struck by, because you don't do any tillage, that that wheat stubble, uh, we were in a field and you just took your foot and scratched. And, you know, it, it didn't bring, we didn't bring a shovel. We didn't bring a soil probe. You just took your boot and scratched. And we got moisture like three quarters of an inch down. That wheat stubble does hold some moisture. Obviously, it does weed suppression. It's a pretty nifty method, I got to tell you. Yeah, and it, it helps us with the moisture retention, the weed suppression, you know, just everything in general that we're looking for. So, Donnie, you talked about your planter. So you're changing spacing and you had to change machines or did you keep the same old machines and then make the adjustment? So we had precision planting uh, aftermarket attachments on our planter to go. We thought that was the best way to go at the time because we were doing two by two in for Deer has kind of transitioned to where they have a in-house version of two by two and infer. So we're switching hundred percent to deer. And, you know, it's more along the lines of the compatibility. All of our information is being sent to a cloud-based program. It's all going to be on the John Deere site. So when we were with Precision, you were sending some stuff through deer, some stuff through Precision that you had to upload into deer. And sometimes they don't talk the best. So yep. for us, it's just more about when we start doing all these trials, we do infer skips across the field or two by two skips across the field. I have that information instantly on my phone so I can go back and see versus having to upload stuff later and pull stuff in. You know, it's it's just all about being able to get that data when I need it. So it's just, that's going to be a big thing for us too going forward. Uh, you and I recorded, I think it was a year ago that you took the two by, or maybe six months ago, you took the two by two uh, input applicators off of your planters um before the 23 season is there is was that the right decision are you going back no we're we're staying so we're i guess we're calling it two by two we were using a knife system before where it was actually knifing it in the ground a couple inches that was just for us the soil type and a no-till condition it was a real hard thing to pull wore the knives out really fast uh so we're still going to do two by two we're just going to dribble it on each side of the row is how we're doing it so for us that just seems to really work well our CEC at the level it is, we see it, we can seem to get pretty good infiltration into the soil that way. So, you know, that's, I guess, one of the few blessings of having a low CEC is you don't get everything bound up in the top. So it will kind of work its way down. Yeah, it gets infiltration. And the other reason I remember you took the two by two off was you said your ground beats up the two by two. It's, it, 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 it was by, by the time you got across a few thousand acres, the, the, you need to replace it and it held you up. Yeah, you know, you're you're already in a no-till environment. It takes more horsepower to pull through that ground because it's tight and it's hard. And yeah. You add basically two flat-headed screwdrivers on each side of a 24-row planter. That's 48 screwdrivers that you're trying to drag through the ground. Through the you know, stubble, through the ground, through the sand, and maybe... Uh, yeah, it, it's amazing that anything holds up like it does, really. <laughs> All right. Other planter changes. Any other planter changes that you're making? Oh, that's the big thing. You know, it's just it's just all about the easeability. You know, one thing about going to 30-inch beans, we will reduce our population probably close to 30,000. So there's a savings there. Um, the other reason we went to this, we actually took a 24-row 20-inch planter, and we just went to a 24-row 30-inch planter. So we actually went up 
you know, a third bigger, so we'll be able to cover more ground. It's really about efficiency, being able to get over that ground as fast as we can. So, All right. So it, the, these equipment changes, you know, the person listening to this, uh, is it, it were, things weren't bad. You're no. making these decisions pre proactively. Is it for money or just, uh, is it for money and yield? Or do you expect similar yields you just expect to be a little bit more streamlined? Yeah, I, I think we'll be able to, you know, have a better ROI in many aspects. I think the efficiency will definitely be there. The equipment, um, you know, a 12 row, 30 inch header that's 30 foot, you know, cost about a third less than a 30 foot, 18 row, 20 inch header. So a lot of our equipment costs will come back down because of this too. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at it. It just really fits us. I mean, for us, everybody, I want to say 70 plus percent of the ground in our area is on 20 inch. So, you know, there's a big demand for 20 inch headers, 20 inch planters, but there is an additional cost when you start running, you know, 20 inch corn heads for sure. Okay. That's the next question. So with the planter changes, you've got to change out the heads that go in your combines. Yes. And, and how many, I mean, how many, how many, because the person listening to this might be like, I don't know how this makes sense. Now you got to go and re retrofit all of your combine heads, but was that going to happen anyhow? Yeah. I mean, we, we run used heads on our farm. So we had some heads that we we're just going to, We'll just sell the 20 inch heads and I've actually already bought several heads through auction this year. I went to fold 12 row heads. So, you know, I, that's just kind of how we do that because the headers are so expensive. I mean, it's hard to believe a corn head can cost a couple hundred thousand now. So, you know, we still, we just still kind of play in that market. And like I said, we just went through auction and, you know, kind of swapped out and it worked. So, it's okay, so you bought, you buy used 12 row now 30 inch heads versus what you had before. Yeah, I had used uh, or I had 20 inch heads that I had bought used um, just because the cost is so high. You know, those yeah. things really appreciate down. So I just did the same thing. We just sold those and I turned around and bought some foam 12 row heads. And your grain head doesn't need to change. No, no. It, the soybean header does not carry either way. So. Got it. Are you making any other changes? Okay, sprayer changes. You, you. When we were there, we talked about Simon Innovation. You put a lift kit on your sprayers and the, the things on the wheels that prevent crop damage that's right also the the technology that helps monitor your flow more deliberately and accurately than just looking at a hose on the side of the tank you did that in 23 you're sticking with that in 24 that's right and i mean i think that's what stemmed some of this we knew we wanted to do late season applications which that allowed us to do i think we want to do more so i need to be able to go down those rows you know i need to be able to spray the same direction as i planted because like I said, you burn a lot of time when you're running at an angle because where we are, you always have a real backwards turn or trees that you're turning into. It's something all the time. So for us, it was just that, you know, we, we might even probably have to go to two lift kits this year because we run two sprayers last year. We just had one because you just never know. It's all about getting across that ground. Any other equipment changes that you're making for, I guess, for streamlining and for money reasons in 24? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, you know, the other thing all this is playing into some of the new technology coming through deer where you're going to be able to, you know, basically the combines are going to know where to turn into each set of rows. The planter is going to know where to go off of boundaries. So we're actually in the process of RTK and all of our boundaries to get them exactly right. So we can actually plant our headlands last. So we'll plant our end rows last. We'll plant out the middle first. And that way we'll plant our end rows last, not run over those. But also the sprayer is going to come in and it's going to know exactly where to go through the field too. So this is all going for compaction reasons and it's all about that efficiency. So, you know, when you, when you run three combines in corn and you go out there and you kind of bust the field in three areas, nothing's worse than to have one or two rows of corn left. 
you know, twenties, it's very hard to see on twenties a wide and a narrow road because it all looks pretty narrow. So hopefully going to thirties, we're going to be able to really utilize some of this new technology that's out there to really make it to where when three combines come in, if that first combine wants to come in and skip 16 or skip 24 rows, yeah. it can and the combines can run and sink all the way across that. Field. I find it funny. You farm people. It's almost like uh, this shameful thing that uh, you, you left a row out there that you got to go and pick up a single row. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's uh, like, they don't admit it. They don't admit that they do it very regularly, do they? These guys, it's uh, it's like they, oh, that guy, he's he left a single row there, but I would never do that. Yeah, it always seems to be in the longest rows of the field too that you're having to clean up one or two rows, so it's never in a corner. So you're changing your planters, you're changing your spacing. You already changed out the two by two on it. You're putting uh, you're, you're putting uh, another lift kit on your sprayer, and you changed out your heads. Any other equipment changes? Now that's the biggest thing for us right now. You're not going to go crazy and start uh, putting a bunch of tillage out there because it seems to work well the way you do things right now on soil, on moisture, soil moisture retention, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, I think that we're going to leave it right there. That's equipment changes that Johnny Burrell is making for money and for streamlining purposes on his farm. You know what? Maybe there's equipment changes you should be making also. That's why we're here is to give you different ideas, different looks, different concepts, and uh, how these guys look at running their business. His name is Johnny Burrell. We've got hundreds of videos just like this. Go and check them out. Thanks for being here, Johnny Burrell. You're awesome, as you well know. Thank you. Until next time, this is Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.